Welcome to Thrive Church Podcast. Join Pastor Kevin Bordeaux as he explores the word giving insightful solutions for day-to-day challenges. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.thrivechurch.me. Now on to today's message. Thrive Church this morning. How's everyone doing? Good, good. You guys are doing good for a 9 a.m. service. Um, Great to have you guys here for our fall kickoff. And I just want to take a second to thank the volunteers that worked nonstop this week. I mean, it was like, this place was like uh, Santa's Elf Factory. I mean, they were working so much. And thank everybody. Randy Joyce pulled a little uh, number on me, our, our treasurer. Um, he, we got new chairs, but then we had to assemble them all. And so I want to thank all those guys who came with electric screwdrivers. Um, even Mr. Huey at 83 years old came in and was putting chairs together. And um, so it's awesome to see the unity and what God has done. Everything you see here, it was handmade. Um, even the chairs you're sitting in, somebody put it together. And so I want to thank you guys so much. Um, and just to celebrate our first years a church and then a Thrive Church and, and think about 48 people since February that have been baptized um, at this church. Amen? It's amazing. Um, Pastor Keith at the end will actually give out the baptism certificates to those who got baptized um, that are here this morning and it's just amazing to see what God is doing. Well, for the next five weeks we're going to go do a series called From This Day Forward. It's going to deal with marriage and with singles. So whether you're single in here or you're married, this series is designed to help you. If you have a friend that may be struggling in their relationship um, maybe say, come on out. Uh, the pastor is not going to be preaching on money for this series. Um, he's preaching on, on marriage and so we're going to come out and, and hear about what's going on. And today we're going to look at the first principle out of five. I've got five key principles the next five weeks. Go ahead and turn your Bibles or your copy of God's Word to 2 Chronicles 7.14. 2 Chronicles 7.14. And as you turn in your copy of God's Word, ladies, I don't need your participation, need you to help me here. How many of you ladies dreamed of, when you were a kid, of having the perfect wedding, of the husband riding in on the white stallion, and, um, you know, and you guys get married, and then, you, you know, you go off and you live this happily ever, ever after life, right? I mean, every lady dreamed that at some point, right? If you didn't, then um, we'll pray for you. How many of you guys dreamed of the same thing? You better not say yes. <laughs> Because if so, we're going to give you counseling in this church today. (laughs) But all of us can agree on one thing. Some of us are still dreaming right now. Dreaming of that relationship. We're we're, we're dreaming of of seeing that abundant life happen in our life, whether you're single or whether you're married. Many of us are still in that place today because a lot of times expectations in marriage don't line up. You have this, this, this vision of what marriage is going to be. And then you get married and it takes a lot of work, doesn't it? Yep. It's not easy. Uh, marriage that works takes work. Uh, singles in here. Uh, y- you need to go ahead and, and if you're preparing for, for marriage, um, then this is key for you. Or some of you are repairing for marriage. You've had to, you say, yeah, I know. I went through the bad expectation and it didn't end well uh, for me. And so this series is going to help you guys deal with expectations. And especially today, uh, this one principle is going to help you guys find a great marriage. I believe a great marriage is possible, but it's not probable. If you don't do the things that you're supposed to do. Look at Second Chronicles 7.14. 
usually used as revival scriptures and, and, and key, usually a pastor will preach it in revivals, but I wanted to use this for our marriage and, and for us today. It says, if my people, and that's all those who name the name of Christ to, for this day, who are called by my name, so there's an if there, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Let's pray. Father, we ask this morning as we look into inviting you into our relationships, inviting you into our singleness, that God, you would speak to us today. We pray, God, that for everybody in here, they would leave applying the word. Let us not be hearers, but doers of your word, God. For hearing it only produces immaturity, but doing it produces maturity. And God, we pray today that this one principle we could live by. We open our hearts to your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Statistics tell us that only 50% of marriages are going to make it. So if I went down every married couple in here, I'd be like, yep. No. Yep. No. Yep. No. That's pretty high stats of, of failure, isn't it? And that's where our, our nation is at. And for those that do make it in marriage, some of them are living very miserable lives. You're not happy. You're not fulfilled. Um, you know, it's not the expectation you wanted. And we're, a lot of us are gambling in these relationships. I mean, I want you to think about this. 50%. If I told you guys that invest money, you have a 50% shot of making it. She wouldn't invest, would you? The answer is no. Hopefully, yeah, no. That's, for you guys that don't invest, 50% of a non-return, is that's not good. If I told you that eating the same cereal week in and week out, which that may be true for some cereals, would give you cancer, 50% chance. You would stop eating that cereal, wouldn't you? Right? If I told you that when you left your house... The cats, man-eating cats with thumbs. You guys know how I feel about cats in here. If you're new, you'll learn. We're going to eat you. You wouldn't step out of your house, would you? But we, but we gamble when it comes to, to marriages and relationships. I mean, you can go down to the DMV, and you have to go through a class to get your license. You're even making your, your children in here get learner's permits and learn and be trained for a year or two years and you've got to pass the test you've got to do all this but you can go down to the justice of the peace and get married for ten dollars right. i'm not saying that's wrong to do that if somebody got married here that's not saying that the principle is that we prepare more for driving than we do marriage and marriage is a covenant that we enter into with god and with another person, the, the only other covenant that we have with God and people is salvation. But we enter into it so lightly. And so what we want to do is, in the next five weeks, is we want to invest into marriages and future marriages. So if you're not married yet and you're like, well, you know, I'm, I'm praying about it or I was divorced and I'm looking into it, we want to help you out as well. But for you guys that are married, we want to raise that rate a little higher than 50% by sharing with you some principles. And this series is called From This Day Forward because if you were married, um, like myself, I'm married, and, and I probably said something like this. I, Kevin, take Deanna, blah, 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 blah. All, you got a whole list of stuff. All the stuff you got to do from this day forward. From this day forward. See, I believe that today is not just fall kickoff, but many marriages are going to find intimacy once again. People who've lost the love, who've lost that connection, it's going to be reunited. 
I, I believe that there's singles in here that are preparing for marriage. And by hearing these things, you're going you're to find Mr. or Mrs. Right because you're going to become that yourself. And I really believe that we're going to see the, the, the shape of relationships changed at Thrive Church over the next five weeks. Now, the problem is this. Singles. Let me talk to you first, and then married couples, I'll get to you in a second, so bear with me. And this may help you with, with some of your stuff with your, your, your children. Singles, the problem is a lot of times you're seeking the wrong thing. You're looking for a spouse. And so you're actively looking for a spouse. I, I've had several times here at Thrive, somebody comes and they like the church, but they say, well, where's, your, where's your singles ministry? Because what they see is, hey, ladies, where's your singles ministry with the ladies in it too? I'm like, uh, yeah, bro, we have community groups, not, not that, because it's not hookup central, you know? Um, you know, it, it, the best place, to, let me just say this time out, best place to find your mate is in the prayer area. Find your mate praying, and that's the best way because if they're praying, it means their heart is on God. But so many times we look for the wrong things. You know, guys are looking for girls with a certain look or shape, and our shapes will all change as we get older. And everybody said, hey, Girls are like, Oh, he's just so sweet. Oh, his little hair, like my dad, and you know, he dresses so cute, and oh, how the little pants just fit, you know, his little shoes. I mean, they're, just, they're like all those little things. Uh, we're all, that's my lady voice, and you'll hear that many times. It's not good. Um, if you hear a lady talk like that, then you n- don't need to date her. <laughs> but the issue is this, and, and I want you to follow me here. You shouldn't be looking for the one. You should be looking for the two. Now, I'm not speaking of polygamy. Time out. If you're new here, we're not into that. What I mean is this. God is the one, and your spouse or, or possible spouse is the two. And so many times we're seeking the two and we're missing the one. And so if you're single in here, your job is to seek the one while preparing for your two. Your job is to seek God with all of your heart. You know, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. 37, you can write this in your notes. Jesus said this when he was asked, what is the greatest and most important commandment? He says this, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. Love them with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Your key is to make sure you're seeking God if you're single in here. Going after God with all of your heart, with everything within you. And you'll make the declaration, I will seek the the one while preparing for my two. Not seeking the two and getting to one later. Because when you get to that point, you will find problems in your relationship. Don't put off seeking God. This says in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, If my people will seek my face, if singles will seek my face, then I can do this for them. If marriage will seek my face, then I can do this for them. And singles, your job is to become Mr. or Mrs. Right, not look for them. Because you attract who you are. That's the the most important thing you can hear. You will attract who you are. And if you're not seeking God and you're not on fire for God, then it means that you're going to attract the people just like that to you. And ladies, can I tell you something in here? And I thought I'd make everybody in this church mad today. Your faces turn red, especially single guys. If they're not involved in a Bible study and they're not giving, listen to me, don't date them. Because it means they're selfish. I hope, that makes, I hope it makes everybody mad in here. Because you want to find somebody who is sacrificing for the kingdom, who is praying, who is serving, who is giving their all to God. Because if they're not giving their all to God, eventually they're not going to give their all to you. 
And you're going to be like, Pastor, I need prayer because he won't come to church and he won't. So, well, you should have been seeking the one while preparing for two, but you sought the two while putting off the one. And we get in that place. Andy Stanley shared this story. He said there was a, uh, and you guys know him as Charles Stanley's son. He said that there was a, a girl who got saved in her teenage years, began to, to, to seek God, go to youth services, and really got on fire for God. But she went to college, she got involved in partying and drinking and clubbing and all those things and began to be promiscuous, use drugs. And she comes home one weekend and she says, Mom, I, I think I found the, the, the right guy. He goes to church. He reads his Bible. I mean, he doesn't drink or party or do any of that stuff. And her mom looks at her and says, he wouldn't be right for you. Why would he be attracted to you? Because you do none of that. And it hit her in the gut, but it's truth. If you're seeking God, then you'll find those who are seeking God. When Deanna and I ran into each other, we ran into each other while seeking God. We were both on an extended fast. And we were both writing down to God what we wanted our future spouse to be. And it came about after a prayer time. I'm telling you, man, prayer will just make it intimate. I'm telling you, if you want to meet the right one, start pr- I mean, we, we were in a three-hour intercession at our church. Man, everybody, guys were gathered praying, and actors went out to eat and spent time together. And we ended up talking. It was amazing how God set it up, and we realized that we both were, were praying about this and seeking God in a fast about this. And I believe that's what's helped our marriage so much is because we were seeking the one while preparing for our two. Now, married couples, it's now your turn. Because you were, you were doing a lot of amen for your single friends, right? You're like, yeah, they need to seek God. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, singles, you can get back at the married couples. Marriage, you're going to say, I will seek the one with my two. I will seek the one with my two. Two, because what happens so many times, we make the spouse our one. He makes me so happy. Oh, you complete me. You know, and, and, and we get to that place. Now, there should be a, a certain fulfillment in marriage. Don't get me wrong. Not, not down to that. But we make it where we want that person to meet needs that only God can meet. And, and we, we elevate the two or elevate our children over the one and then our relationships always suffer with that. The two can never do what the one is supposed to do. Did you hear that? The two can never do what the one is supposed to do. Your spouse can never feel that part of your heart that God's supposed to feel. They can't do it. They're, they're incapable of doing it. Because what happens is this. You ready? You know the drill. When you first meet that person... You're like, man, she's so organized. She's so driven. Man, she gets things done. I just love it, man. She just loves like She's a go-getter. And then after you get married, you're like, man, she's control freak. She's nagging. She, she's all over me, man. I mean, my, my, you know, my stuff can't be straight out on the floor. She's always, you know, keeping on me. I can't keep it straight. And you're, you end up demoralizing the very thing you idolized, right? Ladies. Oh, he's so sweet. <laughs> he's, he's so easygoing. I mean, he just does. He just follow along with me. I go do whatever. He's just so easygoing. And then you're like, oh my God, he's a knot of the log. He won't do anything. I can't get him to mow the grass. Right? <laughs> the very thing you loved about him is the very thing that now you're, you're demoralizing him about uh, for the fact that you have put on him things that only God can do. So we have to make seeking the one first in our relationships and our preparation of them. And there are thousands of things today I could talk about how to seek God as a couple. I, I, I could talk about how to read God's word together. That's a good thing, right? 
You should do that. I could talk about how to worship together or even create your own spiritual traditions together and do life with God together. But today I have one point. One point in your notes. That's all I had today. Um, last week I had nine points and some of you were upset with me. This week I have one point. See, it all evens out. Statistics always even out. We're going to talk about one principle today. And the reason is, is because one principle can change your life. There's a book called The Power of Habit. It's funny. The guy speaks about how one habit can drive the rest of your life. One positive habit. How flossing can literally change everything else in your life. And some of you are like, this guy is crazy. I've come to the wrong, I'm serious. A small habit. See, I, I floss and, and, I, and I can agree it helps me do other positive things, Right? So I exercise. I'll, I'll go and exercise and do that. So, but how one negative habit, if, you do, if you're flossing, like me when I travel, I don't bring my floss usually. And you, follow with me here. And I don't floss. But what I find out when I travel, I don't eat as well either. Any of you guys travel, you know that. You don't eat as well. I mean, you're out there eating all the, all the fast food or the really good stuff. And so well, here's what I found out. When you won't, don't do one positive habit, negative habits fill that. For instance, follow me here. Are you ready? Okay. I don't floss, the one positive habit. I'm, I'm traveling. So because I don't floss, I don't exercise because I don't floss. And I just, well, who cares, you know? If you stop one, one thing, everything else does it. Okay, you follow me here? Because I'm not exercising, I go and eat too many donuts. And I'm very frustrated because I ate too many donuts, right? You know, when you overeat, you're like, oh, man, I've blown my diet. And because I'm frustrated, I'm driving fast and aggressive, right? And because I'm driving fast and aggressive, a cop stops me. And because I'm frustrated, because I'm eating donuts, because I didn't exercise and I didn't floss, I punch the cop, which you should never do, and then I go to jail. Now, that's never happened to me, but, but they can. Because if you stop that one thing, I mean, if you don't floss, you could end up in jail. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> now, I exaggerated that, and if you didn't like that type of, uh, Jesus did that a lot. He talked about cutting your hands off and plucking your eyes out. He, he didn't mean for you to do that, but he was exaggerating. Which means this, there are, there's one small habit you can start today. I want to be deep, Pastor. Tell me about the dragons in Revelation. Tell me about, time out. Uh, the dragons in Revelation are not going to help your marriage. All right? But this will. One principle. Write in your notes this. The one principle today is seek God together in prayer. Or seek God in prayer together. Second Chronicles 7 and 14 says this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. The children of Israel were in a bad place. They made some bad decisions. I know none of you have ever made bad decisions, but they did. And because of their disobedience, because of their hard hearts, they had ended up in captivity. And they were in exile, as you study history. And, uh, and, and during this exile here, God gave them a promise. Yeah, you screwed up. Yeah, you didn't make right decisions, but get over it. From this day forward, what God is saying, from this day forward, no matter what your present looks like, no matter what your past has looked like, from this day forward, if you will seek my face, if you'll humble yourself, if you'll turn from your wicked ways in your marriages as singles, then I can heal your land and forgive all the things that's happened. Isn't that awesome? If and then. And many of you today are like, man, that's me. I need a then. I need a then in my relationship. Because uh, I have some problems that's happened. We've had some stuff to go on that I've not been able to correct. And if my people 
then I can do that. And I believe that one thing is this. If my people will seek my face. Married couples in here, if you'll seek his face, then you can see results. Singles, if you'll begin today to say, I make a commitment to seek his face, then your results can be changed. Does anybody believe that? But it starts with one thing. Seek God in prayer. And you expect to hear that in church, right? Now some of you, like, because some of you couples need to pray together. Some of you singles need to pray for who God's going to send you. And you're like, man, I don't know. That's a little weird. Praying, like, with my spouse, that's strange. And, and can I be real with you? When I first started that, it was a little strange for me too. It's just, it's, it is. It's a little awkward. It's okay when you're praying with that person. So let me give you some, some, some easy things you can do. If you're like, man, I don't know, man. I'm not a good at praying. I feel awkward. You can do this. You can text a prayer to your spouse. You can text a prayer to your spouse. You're like, oh, I need something deep. Do that. Just do that, okay? I'm, I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you. Just text a prayer to them. Um, my wife, she works at Chippenham and Johnston Willis. And so when I drive by Chippenham, um, I say a prayer for her. And then when I park the car, then I text a prayer for her to let her know whatever she's going through. Baby, I'm praying for you. And here's specifically what I'm praying for you. Because sometimes it's hard to verbalize that, isn't it? It's not easy. But it takes time when, when, you, when you text a prayer to them. Sometimes you can pray over meals. And not just say, God bless the food and give it grace so we can now stuff our face. <laughs> but you can actually pray for your spouse over your meal or your future spouse, your pre-wife or pre-husband, we call them. You can pray for them and pray blessing over them and take those times. You don't need to intercede for seven hours together. If you can do that, do it. That's awesome. But I'm going to tell you, it's because we don't do the small things that we fail in the big things. It's because we don't do, you know, we're not texting a prayer, we're not saying a prayer. And then let me say this, don't try to pray with them if you're not praying for them. And then one more cautionary tale, don't be the spiritual guru. Because it may be that a, a husband, men are bad at verbalizing stuff, you know that. We get in trouble all the time, don't we? No, no, I didn't mean that, you know. Oh, no, no, your hair looks great, honey. No, that's not what I meant. Men are not good at verbalizing things. So, so if you as a woman are like the guru of prayer, and you're like great majestic God, how great art thou on your throne with many crowns, and your robe is flowing, and he's just like, um, I just pray blessing every day and ask God to strengthen you, amen? That's good. That's good. It's okay for that to happen. But if you don't pray uh, for them when you're separate, separate don't try to pray uh, with them when you're together. Check this out. Family Life did the study. They surveyed thousands of Christian couples and found that fewer than 8% of Christian couples pray regularly together. Isn't that amazing? Fewer than 8%. But here's what they found. For the couples that do pray together, like this, they text them, they pray over meals, they're praying for each other, less than 1% get divorced. So we go from 50% chance to less than a 1% chance of getting divorced by praying together, by seeking God. Isn't that amazing? Like you can literally fail-proof your marriage just by praying for each other. It's like the floss thing, which is just so simple. Exactly. You were taught to floss in third grade if you were like me, right? In third grade, they brought floss in and taught us, and then I didn't do it for years. And then I had to get a lot of stuff done to my teeth, and it really hurt. Same thing with our marriage. You're taught right now, they're being taught to pray in kids' church. But it's the very thing that's the most simple is the thing that we often miss the most. 
Psalms 127.1 says this, and I'm closing here. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Now, many of us would be like, yeah, that applies to churches. No, you need to, that needs to be your key verse for you preparing for marriage, for you repairing for marriage, and those in marriage. The Lord's got to build this house. Because if the Lord doesn't build this house, then we're going to labor in vain. God's got to build this house. God's got to build this in our lives. There are many of you today that need a then moment. Then is when God steps in and does something. And, and, and maybe things, some of you are in dire straits. And maybe you came in today and your marriage is on the rocks. Maybe some of you are, are together, but you know you're not fulfilled. You're like, Lord, I just believe there's more to our marriage. I believe, you know, there was, there was so much to it when I first started. Now we just seem like we, we've lost some stuff. Seek God together in prayer. There can be a then moment for you, but you've got to make a commitment today as a couple to seek God's face together. Start the small things that you do. Because Psalms 10, 4 through 6 says this. Psalms 10, 4 through 6 says, In his pride, the wicked does not seek God. In all his thoughts, there's no room for God. He says to himself, Nothing will shake me. I will always be happy and never have trouble. See, Jesus promised to believers abundant life. And that extends to our marriages, that extends to our relationships, preparing for that. Not just money and, you know, all that stuff that you hear, hear about on TV. But sometimes it's intangible things. It's a good marriage. It's as a single being comfortable and content in seeking God while you're preparing for your two. Jesus tells a story of a lady who lost a coin in Luke 15. And this lady lost this coin. And the Bible says that she searched her whole house for her coin. Now, she probably was getting ready to go on the turnpike and needed to pay the toll like you and I, right? <laughs> Coins are very precious when you're on the turnpike. You've got to pay those tolls. At any rate, she needed this coin. I don't know why she needed it so bad. But the Bible says she swept her whole house clean looking for that one coin, seeking that one coin. Do you know when you begin to seek God... Together as a couple, it cleans up a lot of stuff that you didn't realize even was there. When you start to seek God together as a couple, you start to clean up attitudes and clean up things. You're, you're trying to argue and fight against the person instead of fighting the issue with prayer. And if you begin to seek God, I'm telling you, you will see a difference in your relationships and your marriage by doing the small things together. You are at your best when you're seeking God. You know that? You know, I'm the best husband when I've just come out of a church service or out of prayer because I'm sensitive to God and sensitive to my wife. Seek God together in prayer. Married, seek the, seek the one with your two. Singles, you need to seek the one while preparing for your two. Let's pray. Don't you bow your heads in here?